and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. On today's episode, I've asked Corinne Tyrone, our Director of Government Relations, to jump on with me again to do basically a spring legislative roundup. So Corinne, thanks for taking some time to talk with me. Yeah, happy to be here. So employers have begun to see the effects of COVID-19 pandemic on their 2021 employment tax rates. As of this recording, uh, seven states have changed their UI rates. Delaware and Florida have lowered their rates. Kentucky lowered their wage base limit, reducing the SUI taxable wages, which may save employers money, and issued new rate notices that can be accessed on the agency website, Employer Self-Service Portal. Massachusetts has taken a different route and is requiring employers to pay SUI interest assessment to pay for federal loans taken to pay for COVID-19 unemployment benefits. Maryland is raising the 2021 unemployment rates for employers, and Virginia and Maryland have both increased the new employer tax rate. That's a lot of changes. What does this mean for employers, and do you have any advice on how to manage these changes? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It is a lot of changes, and I think um, kind of just in a from a general like macro perspective, like we expect we expected this to some degree, and I think that you know many who've been in the uh, HR or payroll space for a long time. Remember that um, during the Great Reset- Recession, you know, we saw a lot of things like this then because as um, more and more individuals are drawing from UI benefits, the UI agencies, you know, have issues with solvency and all kinds of stuff that often will kind of statutorily invoke changes to employers' rates. So, um, you know, in many ways, this feels like it's sudden, but it's also not not really uh, new, depending on, you know, how long you've kind of been doing work like this. Um, so I think, you know, what to kind of keep in mind is, you know, employers are going to need to stay on top of what their rates are. So um, employers kind of set it and forget it with their with their SUI rates. Um, and I think this this year more than ever, it's going to be um, important to just kind of make sure that you're checking and uh, and making sure that you're logging into those self-serve portals where they exist or um, making note of any changes that come through on like a paper uh, UI tax rate kind of notice. Um, additionally, it, you may also see that you're getting actual tax, no- tax notices that say that there's like a balance due or a credit on your account. Um, anytime you're you're seeing something like that, um, it, that's something that you would certainly want to address directly with the agency or share with your payroll provider if you have one. So if you're a Paylocity client, we would, um, it, we would obviously handle that on your behalf. So if you're getting something like that, first step is verify that the rate that we have in the system is accurate. That will be reflected on that notice. If it's not, go ahead and update it and then send that notice in so that we can resolve it and um, either request that credit for you or uh, make any additional payment on your behalf. When I think about legislation this season, is there any other updates in state employment law that employers need to know about? Yeah, so I think um, 
one of the other things to to note that is happening right now is that um, there are a lot of changes that employers need to be aware of regarding minimum wage in several states and particularly regarding like overtime calculations and, and things of that nature. So um, Nevada, Oregon, and Virginia have all increased their minimum wage rates this year. Um, employers should also be aware that the increase in minimum wage in these states means that that overtime rate obviously also will increase. So um, just something to kind of be mindful of and make sure you're checking. Uh, one of the things that you can do is kind of take a look at what that change is and make sure that your workforce kind of lines up against that. So employers that use Paylocity, for example, can uh, pull a report and compare their current employee wage rates to those new minimum wage rates. And if an employer needs to make any changes, they can make those uh, by either, you know, updating it in the system themselves or reaching out to their account manager um, if they need any guidance on that. Is there anything employers can do to help them assess if they're required to make any changes? I think that's um, kind of depending on your position. So if you're if you're a, a Paylocity employer, um, that process that I just described would totally uh, work for you. So pull that report and um, see if you need to make any changes. But in general, you know, if you you can look up very easily what the minimum wage is in your location. And again, this is something that will vary depending on state and possibly at the local level. So wherever that individual is, um, you know, is working, is seated, that's a that's a great uh, place to start. Check and see what the minimum wage is there and then just look and see what rate you're paying them. So um, it should be, you know, relatively, relatively easy and simple to analyze. It's just more a matter of like if you have a lot of employees, what that volume might look like. What else should employers be aware of as we're still seeing the effects of COVID-19 on the workforce in this new next Mm, yeah, um, I think one of the other things that we haven't touched on yet that is still changing is um, paid sick leave requirements. So um, I know that when the pandemic first began, there were a lot of kind of emergency sick time provisions that were put out and changes to existing state sick time law um, in order to reflect changing needs due to the pandemic. Um, that kind of that that continues. And I think that is likely to be a trend for, you know, the next couple of years, um, if, you know, if not longer, until all the states and locals have their own sick, sick leaves. Um, so just in by way of like a little bit more specifics of things that are happening right now, New Mexico and Virginia have both recently passed legislation that introduces a paid sick leave for those states. Um, New Mexico actually goes into effect on July 1st. So that's relatively quick turnaround. Um, again, if you are a Paylocity client, we already have the uh, policies created within the system so you can begin assigning them to your workforce as needed. Um, the new Virginia law applies only to home health workers, so that's kind of a, a little bit more of a limited use case. Um, I would certainly recommend that, you know, employers take a look at those if they're in those states and determine whether they need to update their policies as well as then, you know, perhaps your handbook, um, your accruals and your HR and payroll systems and so on. Um, I also would just note here that there have been a handful of states that have made updates to their paid sick leave requirements, uh, particularly as related to COVID-19 vaccinations. So, for example, uh, many states are requiring that employers allow it, employees to use that sick time to go re, to go get their vaccine or to recover from their vaccine if they're having um, you know kind of an adverse reaction to it as some do uh, so something to be aware of I think that um, you know a lot of those are states where there are a lot of employers like New York Illinois California um, so just something to be mindful of um, 
as you know, we kind of manage through the next several months where more and more people are, are getting those vaccines. Uh, taking a moment to pivot away from minimum wage and paid leave, um, the IRS has been very busy lately issuing guidance on COBRA subsidies, dependent care expenses, and HSA limits. Could you give us an update on that? Yeah. Um, so the the COBRA the COBRA information I feel like was particularly long awaited. You know, like the the American Rescue Plan Act, um, you know, created these COBRA COBRA subsidies, and for a long time, employers were kind of looking at it and saying, "Well, like I don't actually know how to execute against this." So um, the the notice that was released by IRS was really robust and actually contains 86. Um, questions and answers about the calculation of the credit, the eligibility of individuals, uh, the premium assistance period, and a a variety of other information that employers need to know um, and things that would be helpful to plan plan administrators as well as insurers. So um, I would certainly point people to that for more information. And as you mentioned, IRS also recently issued a notice regarding the taxability of dependent care assistant programs for 2021 and 2022. Um, And that notice clarified that amounts attributable to prior year carryovers generally are not taxable. Um, The the guidance also goes on to illustrate the interaction of that standard of uh, regarding taxability with the one year increase in the exclusion for employer provided dependent care benefits um, from 5,000 to 10,500 for the 2021 taxable year, um, which again, that was a change under the ARPA. Um, So kind of the last thing that you had touched on there was HSA changes. So um, I'll just kind of call out that IRS also released the 2022 uh, inflation adjusted amounts for health savings accounts for individuals who participate in the HDHPs. Um, The new amounts are effective for the 2022 calendar year. Uh, For self-coverage, it's $3,650, which is a $50 increase. And for family coverage, it's $7,300, which is a hundred dollar increase. Um, again, if you're a Paylocity client, you can review your HSA contributions through our available report options, and that can help you manage um, HSA contributions. It's crazy to think that we're only six months into the Biden administration. Um, we've talked mm-hmm. about this before that, you know, as uh, administrations change, that we'll see changes. And so there have been a, quite a few changes that have taken place um, at the Department of Labor. The DOL has delayed implementation of the H-1B prevailing wage rule until 2022, and the TIP regulations under the Fair Labor Standards Act, FLSA, final rule, which is the 2020 TIP final rule, which originally was set to be effective March 1st of 2021, was delayed until December 31st, 2021. Additionally, the DOL formally withdrew final regulations that defined analysis the department would use to determine whether a worker was an employee or an independent contractor under FLSA. So what do all those changes mean for employers? Um, I think that, you know, employers in in many ways are kind of in a holding pattern regarding the H-1B prevailing wage rule um, and the the TIP regulations ruling. I think it's it's likely, and you kind of just alluded to this a moment ago, um, that the Biden administration will will make changes to these rules or potentially even eliminate them altogether. So employers, I think, um, 
should review the guidance issued prior to the final rule on fact sheet. Uh, there's fact sheet 13. It's called Employment Relationship Under the Fair Labor Standards Act. So if you you know kind of just key that into Google, you should be able to find that pretty um, easily. And employers who are still unsure if their workers are employees or imp independent contractors, I would say likely next step is just kind of working with outside counsel there. Um, other items that the Biden administration plans to kind of uh, attend to in short order included meeting their campaign pro promise of strengthening union participation. And I think that's that's one of those kind of topics that doesn't um, always get a lot of attention in the general employment um, space, but is you know worth noting because certainly impacts you know many individuals and employers in the in the country. Um, and to that end, the Biden administration issued an executive order that was really aimed at increasing union organization and strengthening organized labor. The order um, establishes a task force on worker organizing and empowerment. Uh, the focus of that task force is to lead by example by respecting by respecting encouraging federal government employees' right to organize, um, to facilitate worker organization all across the country, and to decrease the barriers to organization for marginalized communities. So I think that um, it's likely that we will see some change come uh, as a result of that executive order. It's really fascinating. Um, and it's interesting to see just all the things that can happen just in a short season as we looked at, mm -hmm. you know, spring compliance updates. So um, thanks, Corinne, for jumping on with me. We'll we'll try to do these once a quarter, these compliance updates to keep everyone who's listening informed about what's going on. So thanks again for, for jumping on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.